What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic to cosplay to Schitt's Creek to Supernatural and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. On this episode, we have a special guest, Neil Frazier, with Neil Frazier Graphics, which who I have talked about before on the podcast and on any of our horror trivia nights i'm sure you have heard us mention him uh he did an amazing amazing poster for our horror trivia event that features michael myers jason Voorhees, and freddy krueger and it's absolutely incredible so if you haven't seen that go to a shop i don't know if he still has copies available because he does But they are incredible. And you can also get them individually as well if you don't want all three. So definitely go there, check them out. But I'm very excited to have him on. He's been working in design for 20 years now and now is mainly a poster and key art artist. So I'm very excited to talk to you today, Neil. So if you just want to give a brief introduction. Yeah, thanks for having me, first of all. it's um, I've watched a few of the shows and it's been um, it's been great talking to you over the last couple of months and keeping tabs on a few of the um, competitions you've been <laughs> you've been running uh, not uh, general knowledge is not my not my forte um, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm Neil Fraser I uh, run Neil Fraser graphics like you said I've been been around in uh, graphic design for 20 years I still do that as a day job I work for one of UK's largest science life science companies so I'm in charge of corporate design for them but more and more um, over the last year and a half, I found myself in poster art, and it's something I really, really enjoy, and I love doing it. And I never, for a minute, when I first did my first one, the a year, you know, year and a half later, I would have some of the people that I speak to and know is kind of mind blowing. But um, yeah, it's, um, it's 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 gone from a hobby to a potentially a full-time career now I mean I'm, I'm, I'm potentially going to go part-time in my day job at some point next year and then from there we'll see we we'll see where we go from there well that's awesome that's really awesome to hear so what is it about poster art that attracted you what drew you to that um it's something I mean when I was growing up um obviously you know we had blockbuster and um, <laughs> video stores so when you know when young Neil was 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 get, get on a Saturday, mum and dad would take me to the video store. I would just go past the kids' films. I'd go past the comedy films, and I just wanted to go and look at all the covers for the um, the horror VHS tapes because mm-hmm. 
because they were just so like fascinating and and the artwork was incredible whereas you know back in the 80s a family comedy horror a family comedy film the cover was always just the two stars it was really boring but you went to the horror section and there was just these fantastic artworks and I think from uh, it was around the time that like Gremlins and came out that that, that post I had that up on my wall and it was just something that it was just I wonder how you get into doing that and obviously I, my whole life I followed a sort of an RT career so um, you know I studied art at, basically failed everything else so I went to art <laughs> college and and then um, sort of from there. <laughs> The college was so it really wasn't good for me because everything was uh, geared towards uh, standard art so it was painting and, and and drawing which I could do but it was like it's not how things are going to be like, computers were just starting to become more popular I mean we had we had a 45 minute computer lesson a week that was it that was that was my introduction to, to art on a computer they just didn't they didn't want to sort of put the money into to to um to let their students have that so it was all just no you're going to paint some fruit or you're going to paint a life model God, okay <laughs> so I, even even back then i was trying to you know when it came to doing a bespoke piece of artwork it would always be on a film or on a um a music video or um it, i've just always been kind of drawn but it, it's one of those if somebody said how do you get in how you know there was no sort of career there was no career path into doing something like that it was just how do you do it what <laughs> i don't know just started to do it <laughs> yeah which yeah. As, as it turns out as i found out to a lot of people that i know that is it is literally it it's just kind of yeah it's not a career sort of destination you just there are people that do do it as you know uh, sony and places like that but it's not it's not really something you sort of go for as a career it's just everybody stumbles into it it's, yeah. it's a really bizarre kind of um career really <laughs> yeah it's just one of those that it just you just happen to fall into it it's not something you're going to be like someone says what's your career path going to be and you're going to say poster artist it probably no i mean I, i've i've always wanted to work in film like always yeah. since, since i was little but um not not Good looking enough to be an actor. And if if anybody wants to see how good my acting is, I did a, make a cameo in Jed Bryan's Unlisted Owner Director's Cut, which came out last week. I think it's just on Amazon. Um, and actually, watch the trailer on YouTube because I'm in that, and that's that will show you why I didn't want. I couldn't become an actor because awful, absolutely awful. Um, the film's great. <laughs> Obviously, it's just me. Um, I I then wanted to be. Oh, I could be a cameraman, I want, you know, or a sound guy. So I studied, you know, videography and, and 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 audio, and I spent some time on courses. I went to work for um, when I worked at Yellow Book, um, Yellow Pages over here, but in America it was called Yellow Book. Um, we started doing um, videography, so we were doing um, videos for the website and things. So I got into videography there, and I went to the BBC and uh, trained with them. But getting again, getting from that to actual career was. It just you just you just can't just couldn't get the work and um i tried everything and i, I couldn't do it and i know i'll get into special effects and i tried that and i, I was all right at doing that but again i just couldn't afford the computer power to be able to do anything other than you know 
a seven a seven thousand dollar B movie would would have been about as high as I could get on, <laughs> on the computer power I had. Yeah. Which incidentally is kind of how I almost stumbled into being a um, poster artist because I was doing some stuff with uh, again Jeb Bryan from Unlisted Owner, um, and I was going to do some stuff with him. So I I was trying to put together a um, like a film reel of special effects that I was trying to do. Uh, and he mentioned that he needed a poster. So I put together a couple of things for him and he said, oh, have you, do you know about this guy, um, Giles Alderson, who was a UK uh, film director who did The Dare and he did uh, Arthur and Merlin. And I was sort of speaking to him and then you start, everything just snowballs. It's, it's kind of a, it's a very bizarre career, like I said. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you already mentioned a little bit about what drew you to horror because a lot of the posters you make and a lot of even the covers for books, because I know you do covers for books as well, are geared in that that sort of area. I know you've done other areas as well. But is there anything about like, I know you already said they were more creative when you were in the video store, but is there anything else about the genre in general that drew you into it or? It's kind of, well, horror was kind of like my first love. So, I mean, I, I don't know if you remember, like, the you know, the Make Your Own Adventure books that you used to be able yes. to get. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, would, I was obsessed with the horror, the horror ones of those. So everything was just kind of sort of geared towards that. And I think it was also the fact that, you know, my, my dad was quite, I wouldn't say strict, but he was like, no, you're not watching these horror films, which made them even more... <laughs> why why would he let me watch these horror films i now i've got to see these horror films <laughs> but it's just something about the because kind of horror goes with everything it's kind of mm -hmm. it's this freedom i think that I, I like about horror because horror can kind of be anything i mean horror can be comedy it can be a sci-fi it can even be musical you know you can have specific it, it fits sort of every sort of narrative so you can have you know feminist horror you can have sort of queer horror you, you have all these kind of different mm -hmm sort of strands to it and, and and it's one of the few genres that will actually kind of it goes across the world so i mean i couldn't watch i don't think i could watch like a korean romantic comedy and kind of get into it but if you give me a korean horror film i'm as just as invested in that as i would be in a you know a, a sort of an english-speaking film it's just it, it just transcends everything it's um I, yeah. I, it's it's just like my my sort of perfect thing, um, and I'm quite sort of I don't know, it just sort of fits everything about me. Sort of like heavy metal music, which I like. It's mm -hmm. kind of that sort of dark, moody kind of, which is kind of like my personality. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's kind of horror is kind of me. It's kind of yeah. Like, we get each other. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I totally understand that. It does transcend things and, you know, it covers everything. And I, you know, I think it doesn't get enough credit, of course, for how great it is and how much stuff it's trying to say. Because I think people that aren't fans of the genre think it's just all about blood and guts and scares. And there's so much more to horror than that. So, yeah, it definitely, definitely transcends. That's why it's my favorite genre is just because it covers everything and you can find things you know, no matter what you're into, you can find it in horror, I think, you know, even Absolutely. like romantic horror, that's even a thing. So it's like, you know, covers everything. Uh, well, you know, one thing that I love a lot about your posters is the way you use color. 
like I loved it in the in the slashers poster that you made and everything. So how do you decide what color palette to sort of choose for whatever poster work you're doing? It, yeah, I mean, it's I mean, the, the kind of whole part of my process is trying to kind of understand the tone of a film I'm working on. So I will, you know, if, if I'm doing it for a client, I will speak to the speak to the director if they've got a screen available um that helps and then you could, just to try and get a feel and a tone for the film you're working on and because i mean there's no point sort of making a poster that's kind of got all these sort of red and orange tones but the film's blue yeah <laughs> so there's it, kind of a lot of research that goes into it and talking to people involved in the film and just kind of even if they haven't made the film yet it's just like well what are you trying to um, get across what's your what's the tone of the film what's kind of your color palette going to be and then a lot of my work is quite sort of dark so it's it, when I when I was starting out it was like well I need to be I want to be different than just the standard sort of dark horror poster because when you go into Netflix or Amazon and you look at a page of you know you go to horror and it's just this page of dark yes. <laughs> really dark it's like well how do I make something that that you know, how do you incorporate purple and pink into like these sort of dark horror films? So it's it's all tonal to do with to with the film. But when it comes to doing my my personal things uh, for that slashers poster, it was just obviously trying to find. It's like okay, so I want to have each one a different color, and obviously red is. I started out on Freddy, and it's like well, red, red is technically the kind of Nightmare on Elm Street color. Oh, hang on, blue. Blue and green is kind of the Friday the 13th, and I know the orange is going to be Halloween. So um, it's just kind of taking that, but then trying to make it a bit more garish, a bit more bright um, where you can. But it's just sort of techniques that I've developed over the last sort of year to try and stand out from the millions of, of, of posters that come out. Yeah. Yeah, which has to be hard because there are so many out there. So, but yeah. And I know you do a lot of work, like you mentioned briefly there, that's not necessarily work that you've been hired to do or contracted out, like a lot of stuff that you're doing. Like, I mean, I know you've done like stuff for The Conjuring and other, I think you did a Scream. Did you do a Scream one too? I did do a Scream one. Yes. Yes. And several others. So what is it when you're not working on something that you've been hired to do and you're just deciding to do a design, what is it that uh, inspires you to do that? Is there like particular films that you have like a list of or how do you go about that? Oh, I have, I have, yeah, definitely have a to-do list. <laughs> <laughs> um, whether I ever get to them or not, because it just, I get a lot of um, requests for kind of, oh, have you ever thought about doing this and um, things like that, but uh, over, I mean, the last year, I really haven't had that much chance to kind of sit down and do my own work because I, I got just uh, unimaginably busy. Like the last year it was just phenomenal, um, and it was kind of I didn't really have a chance to sit down and do anything. It was it's it basically kind of I have these kind of really weird fever dreams every now and again, where you just wake up at three a.m. You like. I wonder if anybody's ever made the cloud above like the Jurassic Park Island into a dinosaur. <laughs> and then 
you lie there thinking about it, and then you get up, and then I come into my study and I look it up. And I, okay, so I write that down, and then the next morning, I got up and I right above my shoulder actually. But uh, yeah, it's these things like that, and and the the one I did most recently, my Nightmare on Elm Street two mm-hmm. poster that 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 I did actually yesterday. Again, that was fever dream. You just you just wake up and go. I wonder if anybody's ever done Mark Patton in the same pose as Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street one, and then you do some googling and couldn't see it. Okay, so I did it and. Um, uh, I was actually talking to Mark Patton this morning. Oh, awesome. Uh, he follows you as well. Yes, he does. Yeah, yes, he does. I, I've interviewed the, and, I, and they've been on several times, the directors of Scream Queen. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tyler and Roman, they're great. So, yes, because yeah. they, he was saying they're bringing, they're bringing that over to the UK for, I think, cinema release at some point in the next oh, few months. So, um, uh, yes, yeah, so I was talking to him this morning. He, he, he I don't want to say anything yet, but he wants to use it for some things. So... Yeah. Wow. <laughs> of you can. So yes, yeah, so that, that's that's kind of exciting, and um, that, I mean, that, again, that's just how uh, uh, things just happen. It's kind mm. of out of the blue. Lots lots of things out of the blue. I mean, because like I said, I, I woke up with a bit of a fever dream. Like, yeah. I wonder if anybody's ever done that. And then I got stuck in a really long Zoom meeting at my day job um, on Friday, and I was just, I was just. That's why I love working from home. Because <laughs> I, I couldn't do that in the office. <laughs> Whereas I can have everybody on the screen go, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm sitting there painting on the other screen. And then now I'm I'm actually quite quiet this this last month or so. So I'm now actually getting around to doing a lot of the things that I've been putting off, which mm-hmm. is kind of good because I have been seriously busy for the last year. Although you, I, I, I'm kind of one of those doom and gloom kind of sort of like, Nobody's going to hire me now. That's it. We're done. Yeah. Like, no, is this it now? It's like career's finished already. It was a good year, but we're done. So, <laughs> um, I, th- I, th- I think that's a struggle of most creative people and most artists. I think you already, you have that always going in your head that this is it. I'm done. <laughs> no one's going to want to speak to me anymore. Or no one's, you know, that was the highlight. And, you know, yeah, it's all I'm, down here from now. No matter how I, I, successful you get. So. Well, I mean, I have that even when I was getting work. It was just yeah. like, it's, it's mm-hmm. the, the old imposter syndrome thing where you're yep. just like, like, at some point, somebody's going to find me out and they're going to go, mm-hmm. you know, even though you're doing everything legitimately, they're just, gonna, you, you know, you're going to get found out and everybody's going to blacklist you and you're like, you're going to get pointed out in the street. And, and then, you know, you, you go a week without somebody making an inquiry and you're like, I say, I'm, I'm cancelled. Everybody's done with me. I'm, you know, what's the point? Uh, but when you think about it, it, this is going to be the quiet time of filmmaking because, you know, the festival season's finished. Mm-hmm. You've got the sort of, everybody's got their stuff done for Halloween. Um, nobody's really going to do anything between now and um, like Thanksgiving. And, you know, stuff's not really going to ramp up again until um, start of the year. So that's my logical brain. But my actual brain is, is kind of just going, no, you're done. <laughs> Forget yeah. it. It was a good ride, but um, you're done. <laughs> Yeah. Well, what about when you come to an impasse where, you know, every creative person in the world, I mean, I'm, I'm a writer. And so, you know, there's writers, that kind of stuff. So when you come to something where you're like, I don't know what to do. And you feel like you can't create that thing you're supposed to be creating. How do you handle that? Or what, what do you do to try and overcome that? I get it quite regularly. It's, um, it's, it's one of those, you kind of have to embrace it because you know, you're going to get it. You know, everybody's going to get it. So you just kind of, 
I'm sometimes I'm lucky that that only really happens on personal projects. It's happened a couple of times on on client projects, but this is why I tend to take on five to six projects at a time because if I get stuck on one, I will go and move on to another one, and normally by that point, go into something completely new will kind of re-motivate you and re-kind of trigger your brain into thinking creatively, uh, creatively again, um, and then you can go back to it. But sometimes I just give up and go to bed and. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, then you just wake up and you, you know, you, your brain's gone. Have you ever thought about doing this? <laughs> oh, got it. But it's, it, it's, it's really is not trying to force it. And I mean, I'm, whenever I speak to um, younger sort of new people on the, on the sort of uh, the, the artist scene that they're kind of trying to force it and, and, and be like somebody. And that's, I think that's the worst thing you can do because I mean, yes, take inspiration, but don't, kind of try and force force your way into being like somebody because you know then you will get found out because when you go to work for a client and they want a specific thing if you're kind of not thinking it for yourself when you're following somebody else mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're on your own and you need to trust your process and which is kind of it's kind of how I deal with block I know that it'll come back I trust my process I'll just go and do something else I'll watch a film I'll, I'll just take a day off and I know it will come back. Sometimes it's taken a while, but it always comes back. It's um, yeah. You just have to ride with it. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I do like the not trying to force yourself. Sometimes, because sometimes if you force yourself doing that, it's not going to be the exact. It's not going to be. I don't want to say not good, but it's not going to be as fulfilling, and it might not be as great as if you were to wait, you know, if you were to wait for that process. Yeah, I mean, I use, I kind of, I use that time where I've just got complete block just to go and just try something. So I'll, yeah. I'll just open up a blank thing and I'll try and, I'll try and do something that, that oh, I've never had a, you know, I've never done something for the fly or something. And you go, okay, so you're going, and it will inevitably be terrible because, you know, your brain's just not working, but you're, you're, you're subliminally, triggering that bit of your brain to start thinking again and then when you give up and go to bed it's still working and then it it, it will come back when i've got a friend friends that are writers and friends that are artists and i have like a uh, we have like by i basically a quarterly kind of artist round round table which is run by uh eileen from sg posters who's just massive inspiration and and she does these round tables every um quarter where like 15 artists get together and we just talk about what's going on what your issues are just uh just what's going on on the scene and what everybody's up to and if you've got any concerns and because the great thing is you just get this mix of people that have you know never been hired and people that have been doing it for 10 years and you get this really kind of nice sort of perspective of everything and um i've been doing those for since last year that year now i've been on those and the yeah because i was always under the impression that the the kind of especially the art the artist seems very kind of um dog eat dog but it's absolutely not it's one of the most oh there are there are cliques don't get me wrong yeah <laughs> but, but there are kind of you get these sort of large groups of you know us and them and and you know we mm-hmm. we work with one gallery and we don't like anybody else that does this and we we work a traditional way and we don't like people that do this but as a whole the poster art community is one of the nicest most sort of welcoming people I've ever met so they've been they've been really great especially with a lot of block and uh, 
creativity issues you just speak to them and you can just go to them privately and go look i'm really struggling with this and they'll say send it to me and sometimes you send them your idea and your your, your rough version and you'll get some feedback and that really helps yeah and and i find that also in the um independent podcast world i mean that community is pretty incredible i mean there are you're always going to have those people that are like in clicks or they get a little bit more popular and they kind of just move away or something, or they get a little bit more successful, but that, that is true. And I, and I think that's true among writers as well. And yeah, yeah. So it is, it is nice to be able to find that and find like a family. It becomes like a family for you. And yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, and I know this probably is going to be hard for you to answer, but what is your favorite project that you've ever been asked to work on? <laughs> this is this is tricky for a couple of reasons. One, because I absolutely hate everything I ever do. <laughs> so uh, I'm one of those kind of like, I will spot everything wrong with it for eternity. I'll, I'll be like, oh, I wish I'd done that different. But, but then that's what makes me want to go back and do something you know do be better and and try you know as constant improvement because you're like oh that's terrible try me better um project wise uh obviously my big break was host yeah which no host no career because even though i'd been working for a few months you know before that it was kind of oh it was kind of um just I wasn't getting anywhere. It was it was really disheartening. You spend 20, 30 hours on a, a piece of art and you put it on mm-hmm. you know, you put it on Twitter and you get two likes and you're just like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but especially when host came out, it was a really bad time for me personally, because it was, you know, we were in the middle of lockdown one uh over in the UK and I was in a really sort of bad mental place because I think I was isolating for like the second time in a month and a half and mm-hmm. Back then, there were no PCR tests, really, or lateral flow tests. So if somebody, if you came into contact with somebody with COVID, it was yeah. like you were, in lo- you were in a locked room for two weeks. And this was the second time I, you know, it's like, I, I was honestly at a point where it's like, I give up. I kind of, I just can't, I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm miserable. I'm, you know, I, I had 100 followers on Twitter. So I was getting like zero interaction with anybody. And you just like, I give up and speaking to um Giles Alderson who, who um, I did I you know the good thing about lockdown was that people were accessible so I you know I made a I, I was like I've got to do something to get out of the funk basically I need to do something that's going to occupy my time for a long you know a long period of time and obviously doing artwork is you could spend 20 hours doing something so that's a day if you're stuck in lockdown perfect yeah. way to spend a day because before you know it it's oh bedtime <laughs> brilliant but I spent a lot of the time self-promoting and trying to get reach out to directors and producers and say look uh, i'll just i'll do it for nothing if you've got any stills or, or anything just just you know because i wanted to know what it's like to work in the real world so being able mm-hmm. to work with an actual film director who would give you the don't like this like that but he happened to mention these guys jed shepherd and rob savage that were um, british um, directors and producers 
Um, so I looked them up on Twitter and started speaking to them. And this was about three days before Host came out. Mm. So they were just, you know, they were just putting together the last bits for this this small budget film called Host. <laughs> I was like, okay. So um, I he they put me onto their edit, um, one of their producers, Douglas Cox, who sent me some images from that they'd taken, and I put together that. And you know, within a week, just <laughs> everything, every, like literally everything changed. I mean, I don't think it's too strong a thing to say. Essentially, Host kind of saved my life. So I mean, mm. I'm forever grateful to everybody involved in that film because you know I, I'm, st- I'm very very good friends with the cast I speak to uh, Rob uh, Jed and uh, Gemma who who wrote the film I'm, I'm good you know very friendly with her and yeah I'm forever grateful to them so if you sort of uh, I'm kind of that's the project that made me but I think um, recently I, I worked on a Scottish film called Rage Mm-hmm. which is uh, a film that's about sort of domestic abuse and, and drug abuse. And they're putting all the, the profits to Victim Sport Scotland. And to work on the poster and DVD for that has been quite, you know, a huge privilege. And, and um, to be able to donate my time to, to, to help them sort of maximise the profits they can give to domestic abuse charity is, is kind of it's something that's very important to me. So... Um, you know, I grew up in the eighties and, uh, you know, domestic abuse was quite prevalent <laughs> in our house anyway, but, um, to be able to sort of do something to, you know, to give money to that mm-hmm. is, is kind of something that I'm very, very proud of. But yeah, I mean, um, I, I mean, like I said, it's, it's difficult when you're not a huge fan of your own work, but I appreciate, you know, I can appreciate my work, but I don't, you know, he says with posted his, his own posters <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, that's, I mean, that's the constant struggle is you're always going to be your own worst critic. I mean, there's just, you know, no way around that, I don't think. But I'm glad that you at least frame your posters and have them there because I think, no, really, because I think that's a good thing to have them there and to be able to look at them. And, uh, you know, because I'm a huge fan of your work. I know a lot of people that I've shown your work to are huge fans of your work. So, but I know, you know, it. people can say that and say that and say that, but you're always going to be your own worst what? critic. Yeah, I'd say the, the good thing about being your own worst critic is there is nothing anybody can say to me yeah. that is worse than I've already thought about it. So <laughs> you get criticism and you're just like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. You're right. It is terrible. So, you know. That's that's very true. Yeah, I had I actually yesterday had someone comment on something on Instagram and say, because I was a guest on another podcast. And so they went to go listen to one of my episodes and they're like, I was very excited to listen to this until you messed up the name of one of the actors. And then I went, you don't know what you're talking about is basically what they said. And I was like, okay, well, you don't understand that sometimes that just happens. You're going to do that. But it is one of those things that when you first see it, you're like, okay, uh, you feel horrible and awful, but then you share that with other people and other people are like, that's ridiculous. Everybody's going to have brain farts and everybody's going to forget. I, yeah, so. I, I was always, I, I think I, I used to be very kind of like really kind of uh, agitated when somebody said something bad and I'd go into their history and I'd say, well, what have you done? Okay. Then I'll go through, <laughs> I'd, I'd spend like an hour going through the whole thing. Oh, you've done nothing. Like just, why? Like yeah. if, if you either create or you criticize, there is no, you know, 
yeah, I think that's very true. And people would rather criticize than praise things, I think, sadly. I think that's just the way kind of most a few. Yeah, I, I made the mistake of uh, putting my name into Reddit. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was that was an eye opener. If you, if you if you want to get over criticism quickly, put your name into Reddit, and then and then you're just like, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean the internet can be at once a great thing and on the other hand a very toxic thing so yeah, yeah i mean again like i'm i'm a, i'm a straight white 40 year old man i'm you know I, <laughs> <laughs> I i'm i'm a sort of above criticism as you can get there yeah. you know it's, I, i'm you know I'm, I'm very aware of um kind of my position as kind of you know and i feel terrible you know i hate some of the stuff i see and you know it's because they're they're gay or they're a female or and you just mm -hmm. just that's horrible. I mean, one of my my most important kind of things that I do is is I more females in uh, filmmaking, especially horror. I'm very very it's, it's a really important cause, and I'm I'm a very big supporter of um, women in horror filmmaking. So, you know, whenever I'm not going to advertise, obviously, because I'll get shouted at by everybody else. But I, I, I that's how do I say it? I I help them as much as I can let's, mm -hmm. let's put it that way and you know there's if the budget's not there we, we work around it it's fine but um it's just a it's a cause that you know especially being in like, I'm, I'm quite embedded in the horror community and especially mm -hmm. seeing things changing now is great and um I've been working with the girls at Monstrous Femme Films who are fantastic fantastic filmmakers um plus a few British female filmmakers and it's you know it's important to me to get to give them as as, as big an uplift as I can because mm -hmm. um, uh, you never know working with especially the the, the new uh, up-and-coming filmmakers one of them's going to make it big yeah <laughs> one of them is, so it's it's trying to sort of remember all the favors I did you because <laughs> at some point play the long game and then at some point you know um call the favor in, in you know, 20, <laughs> 2030. Yeah. Uh, and I know this probably will be another one that'll be hard for you to answer, but is there a dream project or a director or somebody that you just would love to work with at some point? Oh, hundreds. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, uh, uh, company-wise, I'm desperate to work with Blumhouse. But the, the, the trouble being... It's very hard to get gigs with companies like that because they work through agencies, and um, I'm not officially on the books of any agencies yet. But I mean, I I don't know. It's kind of like, oh, I want to work with Josh Rubin, and then it's like I have worked with Josh Rubin because I did some stuff for Scare Me and yeah. and Swebbles Within, and but yeah, definitely Blumhouse. But yeah, I'd really love to do one of the Crazy Asylum covers. I'd love to do an asylum cover. Um, they're just kind of like, you know, there's this really bad ripoffs of, of, of current films. I've just kind of got this yeah. real, and I've, I've spoken to screen team releasing who do similar things and I'm on their books, but um, nothing's come up yet. But I think definitely Blumhouse are kind of like my, it's like my next goal. I think that's the, the next level from where I am now is, is working for, and, and I know that uh, Rob and Jed from host now work for Blumhouse and, and I'm, trying to lean on them <laughs> but you know there's only so much they can do they're, they're, it's kind of out of their hands there yeah so i just keep sort of putting out fan art of 
dash cam and things and done. <laughs> I'm available. Well, yeah, yeah. That's the best thing you can do is just, you know, put it out there. Well, with, you say that, but as I found out with Werewolves, <laughs> Werewolves Within, putting that fan art doesn't stop the studio stealing your idea. Yeah, I saw that and I, yeah, I kind of cringed there. Cause... Uh, yeah. Was... Well, although I, I, I might, I might make a couple of bucks out of it in the end because um, really? I can't, I can't say anything yet. But there's, um, if you're a fan of VHS tapes, there, there, there might be something coming out in December. But um, uh, I'll say no more than that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we're big fans of Josh Rubin on this podcast. We've had him on before a couple times, and he's just a really oh, he's, he's a great guy. He's he's one of fantastic. the good ones, isn't he? He's he's he one is. of the he's, he's one of the few good ones out there in, in that world but yeah he's great well i know you work on book covers as well so is your approach to that a little bit different and is there one you prefer do you like are there times in your life where you prefer one over the other the, yeah the approach is different now when i first started doing them i kept the approach the same which was a disaster because what you, you kind of what i kept forgetting is because i'm always used to working on these you know massive 24 by 36 size yeah. posters and then i was like i did something and then we're like where am I going to put the book cover? <laughs> like the title, the title is it has to be like almost a third of the size. And I've done this entire ah, okay, yeah. There needs to be a different. But I mean, when I did, I don't know when I did the uh, Twisted uh, Tainted Tales with by Janine Pipe, that was very much kind of the actual art was kind of foremost in my mind for that one. But because um, she wanted it to be like a VHS tape, so it was kind of I just tried to do it like I would if I was doing a DVD cover or VHS tape cover because she wanted it to look like that. So I kind of worked on that. But yeah, it, it, now there's a different approach. Now it's kind of, all right, I need to leave room for the title. And I and I know that a lot of authors like to have their name quite big, <laughs> <laughs> which is fair enough. It's their book. Yeah. Again, so I, I got to a point where I was doing the covers and then I, I, I left room for the book title, but then the, the author was... I want my name really big as well. So it's, ah. <laughs> so, so now it's kind of very much a, just keep the thing in the middle mm-hmm. and they can do what they want. But um, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing sort of more and more book covers and I prefer doing posters purely because of just the kind of, I feel there's a bit more freedom doing it because you're, you've got more space to work with and you can be a bit more sort of subtle. Whereas, you know, um, a book cover kind of well literally to judge a book by its cover <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah you know that you, you've got a job to do on there whereas you know you can't be quite as subtle and it needs to be something that if they go past it's like oh what's that mm-hmm. yeah definitely definitely um posters but yeah i do enjoy doing book covers it's because it's different it's a different yeah. head headspace you have to be in for it and it stops me kind of getting bored and you know, especially with some of the stuff i have to do in my day job just boring annual reports and you know environmental reports and you know, just yep <laughs> doing, doing this is great because yeah yeah taps into that other part the creative part yeah not having to do that yeah yeah so who are some of your favorite poster artists you know I I'm kind of goes back to what I was saying before where I really try to not take inspiration as such from from you know it's like I, I don't want to be a drew struzman or i don't want to be you know whoever I, I kind of i have a folder that is, I, I just call inspiration 
and if I see something, it goes in there, and I, I don't look who did it. I don't. Uh, I almost kind of dissociate sort of myself from that kind of because I just I it's like I just want to be me. I want to do my my own thing. I mean, the I think the artist that that inspires me the most uh, was John Alvin, who um, passed away in two thousand eight, I think. Um, but he did. It wasn't so much his art. His art was fantastic, but it was his range. So he did everything from he did the arachnophobia poster. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he did Aladdin. He did one of the famous ET one. He did. You know, he he had this massive range of style, but you could kind of still tell it was him, which is something that that I, I, I I'm trying to incorporate. So I want you know, I, I I want to keep my style regardless of what I'm doing. So whether I did. You know the the, um, the feminist uh, comedy uh, show that I was working on. You know I wanted to have the same people to know it was me, whether it was that or whether it was some low budget horror B B movie. Yeah. So um, you know it's and it's quite. I think I have kind of got there because I do get messages every day. Oh my god, did you do did you do this? And you know, like, no, but you know, <laughs> I'm glad that I'm glad that you know. It, there's there's now a distinctive if somebody sees something that is like what I do they go oh did you do that yeah. which is you know which is nice because it, it means I'm kind of going in the right direction but John Alvin is is like my kind of arty hero because he did the that Gremlins poster that was up on my wall <laughs> that kind of triggered the whole thing in the first place so you know I've, I've always got a sort of affinity for his work and um, yeah it was a big loss when 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 he passed away well, I know. Well, you already named some posters that are some of your favorites, but what are some other favorite posters of like all time? Oh, I did. I did a whole podcast just on this. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to come on this podcast and start naming names. Okay. But um, if you want to check out Faye Five from fans, uh, the, 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 yeah. the, you, you can go. We go through a whole top five of our favorite posters. But I had when I, when I, when we did that, I had this. It came sort of apparent. I got this very wide eclectic mix of kind of things that I like there's no sort of one even though my work tends to be one style there's not really one style that that I like I mean everything from like I think a Jaws poster to Vertigo um I think Metropolis was another one I named in there which is fantastic poster and I um obviously Gremlins which is the poster that sort of kind of started everything um Fargo the one that looks like a knitted jumper I absolutely mm-hmm. love that poster you know, and then there was like Pulp Fiction, which is essentially just a promo shot of, of Uma Thurman <laughs> lying <laughs> on the bed with a, a few books and a guitar. But I, I, I just, if you want to set it, I mean, I think, again, that goes back to when you were talking about getting the essence of a film and, and the tone. Like that Pulp Fiction poster mm-hmm. just screamed the film. When you watch the film, there is, yeah. the poster could have been nothing, nothing else other than that, which, you know, to this day, even when you see these amazing fan arts, they're never going to be as that's why I've never done one because it whatever you do will never be as perfect as the one I actually use which you know um I absolutely love that poster yeah it's a really good poster that's a really great one yeah and well since no artwork in it at all it's a picture so yeah you know, I know yeah but of... it is still you know it's it's very memorable and it does like you said it captures the yeah. whole essence of the film so yeah yeah well I know you love horror films so what are some of your favorite horror films wow um what, being a child of the 80s I, I i was obsessed with 
kind of these 80s horror films so you know chud and killer clowns from outer space and the um was it young lin i uh, just these these changeling sorry um these sort of 80s films but i love it you know i love a good slasher film i love Nightmare on elm street but also the sort of teen screen films of the 90s and 2000s and yeah. um that's what again like what i love about horror is just this ever-evolving kind of sort of source of, of, of inspiration i mean I, I also i equally love like really low budget b movies that um, mm-hmm. people like mark mark polonia um, puts out just these really literally just a guy uh, a little sony camera and the same six people that appear in every film but <laughs> it's it's the kind of i don't know it's, it's it's they bring me so much joy because it's the passion and the determination that i'm going to make this film regardless of mm-hmm. everything like i've got no money uh, i've got no um, equipment um, i've got no access to actors but i'm going to make this film and absolutely adore sort of uh, lower budget b movies as well so yeah yeah it's I, I don't think there's any such thing as a bad horror film apart from i think exists that was awful don't watch that <laughs> I very rarely bail out of a film, but I could not make it through that film. Just, <laughs> I don't know why. I must have been in a really bad, you know, bad sort of headspace that day, but just, just I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Well, since you mentioned all uh, the bee horror and stuff, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Blood Diner. <laughs> it's very, it's it. very hard to find, but if you can ever find that one, I, I recommend it. Or just go on YouTube and watch the trailer and you'll see it's like, basically like a person doing a restaurant review and then clips of the movie and it's it's really funny it's a really really great one i think that's one of the best I, yeah I mean, underground that's I, movies from the 80s so yeah i mean that's one of my favorite kind of pastimes when i go to cons is like there's always a stand somewhere that has yeah. has these uh b movies and, and dbd sort of hidden away and the last couple i've been to they they just they haven't been there and I've been really disappointed. So um, now the cons are starting to happen again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to one, the one, the one in London in a couple of weeks, actually. So um, I shall be on the hunt again for, <laughs> um, for some of those DVDs. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it is fun to try and find those more underground ones. Like there's also one called Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter or Vampire Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> that one is ridiculous. <laughs> fun but yeah finding those really underground ones are a lot of fun to do I, we just recently had a horror festival here in Colorado and it was nice to go there um, and to interview people like talking to like Brink Stevens you know mm. and that was amazing and um, especially you know what's also I think great about horror is I think sometimes it can be hard as a woman to be a fan of horror but like Brink Stevens said it's actually easier for women over a certain age to actually get work in that genre because you can find different things to do like you said it covers so much stuff so yeah yeah i mean it's a, again it's one of horror is one of the most inclusive genres which mm-hmm. it's just been fantastic you just look at the, the diverse range of uh, of people involved in horror and, and and the stories that are coming out and it's just it's fantastic um yeah. and I, I love being involved in 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 everything to do with it so yeah Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Neil, for taking the time to sit down and talk to me. And I'm excited also to have you on our final horror trivia night. (laughs) 
next Saturday, which I know uh, for because of the time difference. Yeah. The, you, <laughs> the, the clocks go back for us tonight, so it's even worse than it was. Oh, last. really? <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, if you can't make it, you can't make it. <laughs> I totally understand. I, I think we'll but... play that one by ear on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just see how I'm feeling. Now. Which is totally, totally understandable. But thank you so much. So if you want to just tell everybody where they can find you and anything else you want to promote, any upcoming projects or anything like that. Yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter. I think uh, Neil Fraser 78 and Instagram. I am Neil Fraser Graphics. Promotion-wise... Oh, there's, you can go to my store, which I think is Shopify, Neil Fraser underscore graphics, I think. Um, I'm sure there'll be a link somewhere. Yes, I'll put the link <laughs> in the show notes so people um, can find it. Mm -hmm. My very neglected shop that I need to do some more promotion on. Yeah, I mean, just keep your eyes out. I mean, like I said, there's there, there may be an announcement about something to do with Werewolves Within um, in a few weeks. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fingers crossed, hoping for a, a big year next year. So, um contacting a few of the horror cons in the UK to see if they'll be interested in having me. Uh, so uh, should that be the case, come along, say hello. Um, and obviously the dream is one day to be big enough to actually get flown to America to go to cons, but you know, that's, you know pipe dreams and all that, you know, you've got to, got to have plans, but. Yeah. Well, and it could, it could happen and where it could be, this is your only job. You don't have to have a day job. Oh, that'd be great. The ultimate dream. <laughs> it could happen. Well, thank you again. And this is Aaron. You can follow me on Twitter at EAprilBeauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. On TikTok, I keep trying to promote that. I'm still trying to learn TikTok. It's still, I feel old every time I try to use it. But we get a lot more views there than anywhere else. So find us there at It's a Phantom Thing Pod. If you have any feedback, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest, feel free to reach out to us at It's a Phantom Thing Pod at gmail.com. And on our next episode, we are closing out our two months of horror celebrations with a discussion of Jordan Peele's film Us. So that should be a lot of fun. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.